Oh, baby. Yeah, fucking muted. I was muted. See, this is... Okay, it'll, it'll catch you up. It'll catch you up. <laughs> Dang clacks all day long. Also, I'm on the screen. Hi, everyone. Yeah, also Danielle Jones is here. Uh, Danielle Jones, <laughs> our resident uh, far-left fact-checker subject matter expert, Danielle Jones is here today. We, uh, we're starting off... 2021 with some dangle clacks, I guess, which is fine. Look, I got some new fancy software that I don't know 100% how to use it correctly yet. So, exactly, we're just winging it. We're just winging it. Now there should be sound. But welcome, you guys, to Tuesday Bro News Day. I'm going to do the whole spiel again. It used to be called Tuesday Bro Tuesday, and it used to be a live call-in show. And before that, it was a pre-recorded vlog light type of show. We've been through a lot of changes, but where we're landing is news. We do news. We do advocacy. I appreciate you. Yeah, Mowgli did call the Dangle Clacks. He called it. But I appreciate you guys being here, getting uh, getting educated, getting informed, and, uh, you know, talking about the news and discrediting the myth-making machine. It's been... Uh, I had a really good break. Did you have a good Christmas, Danielle? I did have a pretty relaxing break. Yeah. I won't. I mean, there was the thing that we'll talk about yeah, later. There were some which, things, but for the most you know, part, I felt I was like trying to be a little bit unplugged. You know, I was me trying too. not to get on Twitter. Me too. First thing in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and reading all the terrible news, but I had, you know, I had a fun. Uh, I had a fun Christmas. Casey got me a little orange uh, guitar amp, and so I've been plugging into that and just playing at full volume in my living room. It's been great. No real talent, but you know. Did you, did you get any gifts from me? Holy did shit! You? Yes, Danielle, Danielle Jones. So Danielle Jones sent uh, lotion bars, uh, soap, uh, shaving soap, and a, a little applicator thing. I just used it today. How's my shave look? Clean. Oh, you look glorious, so like clean. a baby's bottom. I'm and gonna Danielle go ahead. makes these and sent them to us for Christmas. It was incredible. Your Christmas gift is it's back here. It's sitting right there on that box. It's a th I just haven't sent it out yet. Yeah, wait. <laughs> I just haven't sent it out yet. But yeah, and so it's like minty too. Like mm -hmm. it, it was I minty put and wonderful. In it. Yeah, I really, really like it. I really, really like it. So thank you for that. That was, yeah, see. And the giant Nico blanket? Dude, the, gi <laughs> dude, the giant Nico blanket killed me that was it that was the best gift that we got from anybody was the giant nico blanket because her likeness is so perfect it's just like I, they did dog a really face. good job like perfect perfect danielle danielle won christmas she won she won she won christmas so I, on that I mean, note i guess we'll talk about i guess we'll talk about some news um no i from the chat chris says uh did you guys hear about the new EPA rules for big tobacco? I haven't heard anything about that, I'm Daniel Jones. Not up on that uh, that piece of intel. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see anything. That's something we can certainly look into for uh, you know next week and the week after and the week after. But I figured what we would do today is you know go through some of the news that's been going on. It's pretty. It's going to be pretty par for the course today. We're trying to uh, maybe get a little bit caught up on some things that we missed like while we were gone 
And one of the big things that happened while we were gone, I guess the biggest thing that happened while we were gone is Trump did sign the omnibus budget bill that had the vape mail uh, had the vape mail ban included in it. There was a little update Dude. I wanted to share with you here from uh, from Jim McDonald over there on uh, vapin360.com. Here's what here was this is just a little update on the on the article updated as of December 27th. It says after several tense days, President Trump has signed the omnibus spending bill that funds the government and also includes the language that will ban U.S. mail shipments of vaping products a force and force online vape sellers into compliance with the requirements of the PACT Act, which we're going to talk about in a second. The bill also included the coronavirus economic relief package. Okay. As described in the article below, the U.S. Postal Service now has 120 days to implement regulations that prohibit mailing vaping products. The PACT Act provisions become law in 90 days. So we're going to talk a little bit about the PACT Act and kind of what that means to uh, to vaping. Uh, yes, Chris, absolutely. DM me a link on uh, on Instagrams. Do that. I'd like to. I'd like to read that. Jake, you don't have you have you have you the libertarian Danielle the left. You need a right side too and make it balanced. Oh, okay. We'll bring in someone from the right. We'll bring in someone from the Green Party. We'll make look. I agree. Want everybody. <laughs> Want everybody represented. Uh, Who can so we find talk- from the Green Party? <laughs> yeah, we could find. Is there someone in the vape scene who would want to jump on a stream that is like a dedicated Green Partier? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Inquiring minds. Marks? Question marks. So uh, when Trump announced on December 23rd that he might veto the omnibus package, vaping advocates organized to contact the White House, asking the president to request that Congress eliminate the vaping-related language from the bill. The existing CASA call to action was modified to send an email to Trump. However, all all efforts were for naught. The president reversed position and signed the bill. His only demand that will likely see action in Congress was to increase the individual coronavirus relief payouts from $600 to $2,000, which Democrats had already supported. So he kind of, Trump kind of puffed up his chest a little bit and said, I'm going to veto this. I'm not going to sign this. And I went, yeah, well done. Awesome. Don't sign it. Stick to your guns, Trump. Do not sign this. Shut the government down. Do not stand for this. Uh, omnibus budget bills like this, this whole like uh, pork barrel uh, sort of funding. It's it's a real, uh, you know, it's, it's like a real normal thing. They're constantly squeaking in little bills. Writers, and writers. yeah, they call them writers sometimes yeah. or amendments. They do this. This is the thing. Yeah, little, and then, you know, and it'll get voted on as one bill, but really like 12 different things have passed including the main bill that was, you know, all of these things got attached to. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a pretty normal standard operating procedure as far as the United States of America goes. Um, and what got included that, you know, we've had this call to action on Tuesday Bro Newsday for a while, but it was the Preventing Online Sales of E-Cigarettes to Children Act. This bill couldn't pass on its own. It wasn't getting voted on. It couldn't pass on its own. So they slipped the language into the omnibus bill. We've talked about yep. this. And it, and it got voted on. And it passed. Two-party system, look, I agree with you, Alex. 
The two-party system is effed in the A. That's why I want to have someone represented here from the Green Party and someone represented here from the right and the left and the libertarians, and then we can all talk together and try to, like, I think there should be the presidents. I want to see four presidents. I want to see one president for every party, and then they all have to share the Oval Office, and then they all have to agree on stuff. Like a presidential board. Yeah, like a presidential board, right? I don't, I don't feel like that's unreasonable. The president, one person, one man has that much power in the United States. That's unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. Yeah, as a vapor, I'll proudly break the laws too. The problem is we, you and I as consumers can proudly break the laws. Vendors, on the other hand, and small businesses cannot just uh, skirt the regulations on this because of vaping being rolled into the PACT Act. It makes things a lot more cumbersome, a lot yep. more complicated, and there is a much, much stiffer penalty, penalty. Uh, if you're caught breaking this law. It's not just you get, you know, it's not like if you released a, a pod on the market and then the FDA sends you a letter and they said, hey, you put this pod on the market. This is an official letter. You have to take this pod off the market, right? And then you can kind of ignore that letter, right? You wait for like the seventh or eighth letter. You wait till right. they get some sort of, uh, you know, whatever, official paperwork. And then you take the FDA seriously and you go, okay, this isn't part of that. This isn't nope. the FDA enforcing the PACT Act. This is going to be the uh, ATF, the Department of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms enforcing the PACT Act on vapor products. And it's much, much more severe. So online retailers, and this is according to, you know, I'm getting this from Vaping 360. Good old Jim mm -hmm. McDonald over there. He's a wonderful mm -hmm. man. Smarty pants. Smart, smarty pants indeed. A DIY again? Uh, c look, could be, probably. I don't know. You know, uh, I don't know. Like I Other always say, I, I feel like vapors, like hobby vapors, we will probably be okay for the most part. Like we know how to source RDAs. We know how to get our batteries. We can get cotton. You know, we can get liquids. We can DIY liquids. We can trade liquids. Like we'll be okay. Really the, the only, the only victim of this is the smoker who hasn't switched to vaping yet. They're having their options for a less harmful alternative just ripped away from them. So we'll be fine, but the smokers will not be fine. And the online retailers are now going to have to jump through more hoops than you can possibly imagine. Online retailers are going to be required to, you register your company with the U.S. Attorney General, uh, verify the age of your customers using commercially available database, uh, use private shipping services that collect an adult signature at the point of delivery. So past March, it's probably going to be UPS only, I'm assuming. People have been saying if they hold out, maybe DHL. I don't know. Yeah, DHL, I guess, too. UPS. I don't have any official sources, but everyone keeps telling me that come March this year, FedEx is also stopping all shipments of anything vaping. That's, that's official. They are. They that gave that's Jim an official, thing? an official comment. Yeah, it's in his article, I believe. Oh. He got it. He got an official comment from FedEx, from like FedEx? press people. No, yeah. Okay, so FedEx as well. Uh, if selling in states that tax vaping products, the seller must register with the federal government and with the tobacco tax administrators of each individual state. They have to collect those local taxes and affix any required tax stamps. Tax stamps? Yep. 
tax Cigarettes stamps. do it. They have these weird stamps that they have to yeah, do. Yeah, I was very about complicated. This. In in Massachusetts, they have tax mm-hmm. stamps so that they can control what's coming over the border and if it's been taxed or not. So welcome yep. to tax stamps. Um, online retailers now have to send each taxing state tax administrator a list of every transaction with their customers in their state, including the names and addresses of each customer sold to and the quantities and type of each product sold. Yep. Hi, welcome to what privacy? Big brother land. What, what privacy? What privacy? No. There's no privacy. And you know, the crazy thing about that, that I was thinking like in California, for example, there's technically like an excise tax that you're supposed to pay on tobacco products. Yes. So for example, if I head over to Nevada and I buy cigarettes, a carton of cigarettes, and then I come back to California, come tax time, I'm supposed to report that on my taxes and pay California's excise tax. Because yep. if they're like, if you're here and you bought it there, we don't care. We want the money. Yep. And so you're supposed to tell them that. Now with this, they're going to know mm-hmm. because the vendors are going to be reporting vendors, all your buying habits. Yeah, have to, to report that. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, they have to report that. Um, and I guess lastly, they have to maintain records for five years of any delivery interrupted because of the carrier or service. What? Because the carrier or service determines or has a reason to believe that the person ordering the delivery is in violation of the PACT Act. Sellers who do not register or do not comply with the shipping and reporting rules of the PACT Act are subject to severe penalties, including three years in prison. Now, I didn't know much about the PACT Act, and I've been looking into the PACT Act uh, a little bit. Uh Government websites are dumb and ugly and inefficient and they don't give you the information that you need when you need it and they don't help you find anything you're looking for but eventually you can find the bureau of alcohol tobacco and firearms and explosives i didn't know they added an e on the end it's (laughs) atfe alcohol tobacco firearms and explosives now i mean i guess that makes sense (laughs) i guess so so this is i i was confused at first because apparently there's two packed acts well, the PAC Act is a section of the Jenkins Act. Right. So the Jenkins Act is the bigger, larger piece of legislation, and the PAC Act was an amendment added onto it mm-hmm. at a later date. Okay. I want to say it was like sometime in the 2000s or something. I'm not 100% sure on that date. Um, but you'll see people refer to the Jenkins Act and the PAC Act kind yes. of interchangeably when we talk about this. It's the same thing. The PAC Act is just a section of the Jenkins Act, which regulates all of this. Yes, that that's the ATF PACT Act. But there is another PACT Act. And this is this is neither here nor there. This doesn't have anything to do with vaping. I just thought this was interesting. There is the PACT Act. And I was wondering why I couldn't find any information, but it's the Preventing Animal Cruelty and Torture Act. that just. I happens. mean, they run out of acronyms. So yeah, I know. They ran out of acronyms. So right? it's PACT Act. Uh, what are we going to call this one? Pact Act. Pact Act 2. The pack, the pactin, the pactining, the final pactining. Doesn't matter. Pact Act, not good. <laughs> not good. So in addition to all of that stuff, it's you're going to be, online vendors are going to be, I don't know, regulated, enforced, policed, I guess, for lack of a better term, by the ATF. Um, yep. And if you're, 
if you get caught shipping and not following these rules and not reporting who you're sending to, not reporting all your taxes properly to every individual state and collecting those taxes before you ship any products. And if you're not doing everything and you know, they make this cumbersome on purpose. If yeah, you're it's not, not supposed to be doable. Right. Like, it's not supposed to be easy. <laughs> it's not supposed to be easily, you know, to conform to, they make it cumbersome on purpose. And if you make a little mistake and you didn't do the thing and in this one order and you just, whoops, I forgot to register. I didn't send the tax information on time. And then I sent this package to this person and blah, blah, blah. And they didn't report the taxes. It's felonious punishment, felonious. They consider that a felony with three years prison time. So it's kind of fun and cool to be the, you know, the rebel vaping, but I don't want coil turd. I don't want my friend going to jail. Not even jail, prison. Prison. <laughs> prison. Any slight little mistakes, any slight little mistakes. And it is a, I am honestly, truly and honestly, just hyper thankful right now that I don't personally run an online vape shop right now. I mean, I kind of, me and Dwayne and I have recoil RDA, Mm -hmm. but if I, if my business was an online store, I would be shitting in my pants 10 times by now. If your business is an online store, you need to be calling a lawyer like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You guys, you need to be calling a lawyer like yesterday to figure out if you can do this. Because it's not designed to be easy. Nope. And what you need to do next, because this was real, real bad, and it is going to be law, Mm -hmm. right? So the USPS has 120 days to put forth their new policy rules on, you know, not shipping vapor products. And there's also going to be a comment period for that. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like FDA in that way. So that's a little bit longer. But the PAC Act stuff, that's 90 days from when he signed it. That's it. 90 days. Call a lawyer if this applies to you and figure out if you can feasibly jump through these hoops. I mm-hmm. would be very nervous for anybody who just is like, well, I'm just going to wing it. I would be very nervous for you. Yeah. Not that I don't believe in your cause. I do. But personally, I am scared for you because this is not FDA. This is ATF. These are guys with guns and <laughs> yes. bulletproof vests yes. and SWAT and they show up and they do stings and they go after black market bootleg cigarette yep. cartel, you know, shipments. And like, this is not, this is not FDA. Okay. That's all. I'm this is a whole new ball say. game. A whole new yeah. ball game. Apathy Miller in the chat said $22 shipped DHL uh, from England to uh, wherever he lives, Mississippi. So it cost him 22 bucks to ship DHL from England to Mississippi. And that's the thing is, D if with DHL existing, it's only going to hurt American businesses. This legislation is only going to hurt American businesses because China's not going to play by their rules. China's not going to care. China's going to flood the United States using DHL with vape gear. They're not going to care. All this hurts is, like I said, small independent vape shop owners, online retailers. That's who gets hurt by this. Uh, Gregory Connolly said, if the increase in shipping costs wasn't enough, the bill also imposes huge paperwork burdens on small retailers and backs it up with threats of imprisonment, even for innocent mistakes. 
This is not a law designed to regulate mail order sale of vaping products. Uh, it's an attempt to eliminate it. Could I, I mean, yes, I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better myself. I couldn't say it better than Greg Connolly. Um, and he's absolutely right. And I remember saying this years ago. I remember in 2010, I was saying, they're not going to ban vaping, but they are going to make it as difficult as possible for you to vape. And unfortunately, that's coming true. Yep. <laughs> unfortunately, they're just making it more and more and more and more and more difficult. So that got signed. I guess that was like the big news of while we were gone was yeah. the omnibus budget bill got signed. Vape mail ban included. Additionally, this vape mail ban does cover cannabis. That's the weird part about it. Right? The, the wording, if you, and I haven't, there, from what I've read, there's a lot of like, suspiciousness about this because the wording is very, very broad. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we actually have a direct quote, but the way that several people that I trust have been interpreting it is that, yeah, it can apply to cannabis, THC, CBD. Yeah. CBD. Um, Cause I think the quote from Jim's article was the product definitions in the law appear to include e-liquid and devices that contain no nicotine, contain only CBD, or are designed to be used solely with THC oil. Quote, the term electronic cigarette nicotine delivery system means any electronic device that, through an aerosolized solution, delivers nicotine, flavor, or any other substance to yep. the user, it says. Any other substance. Any other substance to me sounds a lot like this Those includes three words cannabis, could right? Be anything. That could be anything. It literally could be anything. Um one of my patrons uh goes by Vape Right. He sent me this uh this DM that I wanted to share because before he DM'd me, I had no idea that cannabis would be uh included in this. Had no idea. But what I wanted to read was this DM that I got from uh, Vaporite. Uh, he says, hey, man, hope all is well. Just enjoying my morning shed time and thought of something. If I read things correctly, they added CBD and all vaporizing hardware into this bill. So I'm wondering if maybe we gained a strong ally in this fight on the mail ban. I watch a lot of weed tubers and follow a lot of cannabis influencers on Instagram. And I've noticed not one person or company in that industry that I follow knows about this bill or has said anything. I'm thinking they just don't have a clue about it yet, really. I reached out to one influencer this morning, Koala Puffs, with a message just telling her what's going on to see if she would spread the word about this outrageous bill. I'm wondering what you think about maybe reaching out uh, to more in that industry to see if they know anything about it. I figured the more people that know, the more people this affects, the bigger our army gets. Just a thought, trying to help any way that I can. And yeah, I mean, he makes a really good point, a really compelling argument. If this does include THC and CBD, which I mean, it, I really can confidently say yes. It's, I mean, you, it sure seems like it to me. Yeah, it's like, Unless they just decide that they're going to ignore that. You know what I right. mean? Like they wrote it, but they're not going to. Right. Um, um, I don't know, man. It really seems, I mean, 
Greg said it, Jim said it, the wording, you know, yeah. you have that um, other article, right, from an actual cannabis yeah, the, uh, uh, marijuana uh, moment, yeah, right? From, they uh, talked about it. What does it say here? The marijuana moment says congressional ban on mailing e-cigarettes appears to cover marijuana vapes. This is this is the first and only place I've seen uh, anybody reporting on this, not even Leafly reported on this, which seems so weird because Leafly was all on top of Ivali. Yeah. All on, yeah. you know, anything that has to do with... tweet it Leafly, guys. Let's tweet it Leafly. Yeah, be like, have it, you seen this? Tweet this at Leafly. Tweet this at Leafly. But yeah, they basically go through and they say, look, this can be interpreted as, I mean, it's so broadly written that it could be interpreted to prevent cannabis vaporizers from being purchased online and mailed by the U.S. Postal Service. Marijuana and its components such as THC and CBD presumably constitute other substances, even if they are not explicitly mentioned in the legislation. And literally nobody's talking about this. I, I Unfortunately, I feel like it's going to hit the cannabis industry like a ton of bricks. And I'd like to be there to like pick them up and go, yep, that happened to us too. Let's go. Like, let's all try to work together. Let's tweet it leafly. I'm, I'm, could try to reach out to other cannabis influencers. Although, you know, reaching out to an influencer, I'll just say it being one myself, it's dumb. It's hard. It's difficult. Um, chances are if, if you DM'd Koala Puffs on her Instagram, she never got that message. If you, chances are, if you DM me on Instagram and I don't follow you, I'm not getting your messages. So reaching out to influencers is difficult. The only place you can do it is like in the comments of their stuff. But even then, if you're like barraging their comments with stuff, chances are they just, you know, they're like timid little creatures. They just like, what's all this? And they'll just, they'll, they'll just back away. They'll just back away. Yeah. In this article, they're interviewing a guy named Aaron Smith, who's the chief executive officer for the National Cannabis Industry Association. Mm -hmm. And it says he added that the industry would be taking steps to push lawmakers and regulators to not interpret the newly passed bill's language as affecting marijuana vaping devices. So wow. I'm wondering if that's like what I said before. You know what I mean? They're going to they're going to be like, I know you wrote that, but could you just not like that's not us, right? Mm -hmm. Like. That's You're not, not going to do that right? with us because everybody has enforcement discretion, That's right? Us, like, right? Yeah, enforcement discretion. Well, and it's getting like this is this uh, this vape mail ban. Uh, I mean, it's affecting obviously the vape industry, the cannabis industry. It, it it affects your freedom. It affects your your adult choice, and it's just one other thing that keeps getting thrown on top of. You know, there's just been. It's like I go on Twitter and I see Spike Cohen talking about. Sorry, I don't mean to sidetrack. Spike Cohen talking about Bill A416. Have you heard about this? Uh, it's a new bill. I just saw his tweet. In New York that basically makes the governor of your state like a dictator. That your governor has the legal ability now to imprison you or deport you. No due process, no questions asked. He can just do it if he deems you to be a public health threat public health threat what's that is that like someone that doesn't shower who knows what it's whatever the governor of the state says the governor of the state can just this person you work for me you're a public health threat uh you're fired and i'm putting you in prison because this law gives me the ability to do that now that is bananas 
Why on earth would you give a governor that much power? Why? So that's going on too. Sorry, I don't mean to sidetrack, but there's a lot going on. I mean, there's this falling apart. There's, there. I mean, it's not necessarily falling apart, but it's definitely this idea of, like, I think a lot of people are just getting frustrated, and they're seeing now, you know, firsthand. And one of the things that Trump did, I think, was really radicalize a lot of people who had never cared about politics before, and now for probably the first time they're seeing an omnibus bill go through the system and seeing things leached onto it and attached onto it and wondering why does this happen? It's like, well, we've been asking this question for a hundred years now in this country. Why does this happen? (laughs) That's the crazy part about them putting the COVID relief, which everyone was paying attention to into the spending bill is then all of a sudden people were actually reading the spending bill, which they never usually do. Let's be real honest. This gets passed every year. You guys, all this like foreign aid and all these other things. This is not a new thing. Like this is always here. It's just that no one ever reads it because nobody cares. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But once COVID relief is in there, now everybody's picking it apart. And now they're like, why are we spending money on this? Why is this here? Why? And it's like, I mean, (laughs) I mean, welcome to the party. Yeah, Welcome to what we've been yelling at the government at for years. Like it's time to join the fight. If you're upset with that, change it. Let's change it. We can change it. There are things we can do. There are actions we can take. And I know sometimes in the United States, at least for me, it feels the most frustrating thing is feeling like you're not being heard. And that's all that happens in the United States is you're just not heard and even when they have these like oh here's an open comment period for uh you know the regulation of flavored vaping products and you do the thing and you fill out the thing and then that's it i didn't feel like i was heard all i did was press send and then 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 that's it you're just not heard and i think if enough people get upset about being not heard we might be able to make ourselves uh might be able to make ourselves heard there. Saw a few super chats pop in. I want to address those. Appreciate those. Baby Doe, that's very gracious of you. Appreciate that. Viking Vapor, good evening, Lord Nick of the Californians and Lady Danielle of the Americans. Oh, okay. Dang, Viking Vapor. How you doing, bud? Alex B., uh, I'm new here, not to vaping. Just started hanging out at my local vape shop again and building. You inspire me. Oh, hell yeah, Alex B. Dude, you're welcome here literally anytime. Even if I'm not streaming, just come hang out. Uh, I'm bad with names. Videl, appreciate that. Uh, when is the U.S. government going to realize that they have harmed us enough? This is going way too far. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm not laughing. That's the only reaction I can muster right now. I've spent too much time being angry. Like you can only go from zero to church burning, you know, so yeah, many times so many in a times. day. Then you just have to laugh. Yeah, like, that, <laughs> you just come to a point and you're like, yeah, our government's slowly killing us. What are we going to do? I don't know. Try to do something. You know, we'll, we'll try. But I agree. Your it's it's going way too far. It's going way too far. You just have to laugh. Um, you're not sick. Uh, technically, yes. But so what? Go directly to jail. Do not collect $200. Yeah, absolutely, Dimlet Knight. Governor of New York can do that now. Nick Ryan, that's very gracious of you. Do you have any info as to if this will affect us out of country, such as Canada uh, and buying vaping products from the U.S.? Damn, that's a good question. 
My initial reaction would be no. Uh, fact check this, mm-hmm. but because the PACT Act and the Jenkins Act uh, regulates shipments, domestic shipments yes. within the United States from somewhere in the U.S. to somewhere else in the U.S. It regulates Americans and you have to report Americans. Yes. I do not think off the bat, off the cuff, that that would apply if a manufacturer wanted to ship to Canada. Now, they still wouldn't be able to use USPS or FedEx because mm-hmm. those are private, you know, those those are poli- separate policies. Um, but I would think that they can still ship internationally. I think so. I would I feel not like, imagine that that would be a problem. I feel like that's correct. And I'm basing that on that's... nothing. Just I'm basing hunch. it also, yeah, I'm basing it off just like logically in my mind because the United States cannot regulate things for people in other countries. Yeah, not yet. Um, not, not till we're leader of the world, you know. I don't know if the federal government would still want some level mm. of reporting mm-hmm. from the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I would think that they should still be able to do that. Yeah. Question mark. I would say that too. I would say something similar with a question mark. It, I feel like that all depends on Canada, right? Right. It depends right. on what their laws for importing nicotine or vapor products are. I think I think we can still order as well from Canada. Technically, Dash Vapes right. is like all our new supplier. Like we're all just going to start buying from Dash Vapes. I mean, it's kind of like I think technically they're probably they may be like supposed to comply with things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that the United States can actually do anything yeah. other than like seize shipments and destroy them. Sure, which they... I don't know that you mean because again, you're within your country, you can control stuff, but like there's limits to what you can do. Yeah, you know what to I mean? Your power. So I'm not. I know that they can seize things and destroy things, but I don't know that they could actually like do anything to t- that another question mark i'm not i'm not well versed in international law no. you guys that is not my expertise well here's the thing if we know that china is going to be flooding the u.s with vape oh, gear from dhl then i feel like it could go both ways and we can sell to canada or you know the, i don't think the federal government has jurisdiction if we manufacture a thousand recoil rdas at, at our manufacturing plant in china and then ship directly from China to Indonesia and then wholesale those recoil RDAs in Indonesia. Right, right, right. Because like FDA stuff doesn't apply FDA to stuff, product yeah. that is going straight out of the country, right. right? Like if you're making liquid for Germany, you don't have to put all the FDA stuff on there, right? Because right? it's not being sold in the United States. Absolutely. So that I know is a thing because uh, the countries have their own, you know, version of that. Yeah, yeah. Good Lord. Pact Act is bad. This bill is not good. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, I mean, this is a big deal that just passed. It's a 90-day thing. It's 120 days for USPS. It's 90 days for the Pact Act. And that's literally just where we're at. As it stands right now, I don't think there's any uh, calls to action uh, for this, I don't know what a call to action for this would look like if we can change it at this point. I mean, it's been signed. That's it's it. It's been signed by the president. I mean, that's kind of I the end of the, the road. the only thing that can change this would be new legislation. 
Now, Casal will do a call to action for the USPS comment period. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that may largely be just protocol, like nobody might read those comments, but it's important to send them, submit them anyway, because there is value here. Like we can say things as consumers and have opinions and be like, yes. this is a bad idea for X, Y, Z reason. Yes. And then later when that shit actually happens, there's a government record of people saying mm-hmm. this thing is going to happen and they ignored it. Mm-hmm. So it's still valuable. It's not, it may not probably may not change anything right now. It's not like, I don't think USPS is going to get a bunch of comments that say, don't do this. And they'll be like, Oh, never mind. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it can work that way, but it's still incredibly valuable yeah. to have those comments. Yeah. So I believe Casa is going to issue a call to action when that comment period begins for USPS. Please still participate in yes. it. I know it, like feel sad, but do it anyway because it's still important it's, to have that on record. Yeah, have it on record. And, and I mean, that's something, I don't know if that's even possible, but that's something in the future you can go, well, look, we had 20,000 vapors all express, you know, this is on record. USPS has this on record right now. You know, it's something that you can use in the future maybe. Right. And not all in. comment periods are pointless. I don't know if you follow Kratom and what happens there. Yeah. But... A few years back, um, the DEA was getting ready to schedule Kratom Mm -hmm. as like a schedule one, you know, drug, like super bad. And they, the DEA had a comment period and a ton of Kratom users commented, like submitted their formal comments about this. Mm -hmm. They even had a couple like marches and rallies and the DEA looked at that and went, I ain't touching this with a 10 foot pole. And they backed off. They dropped it. They were like, we're not, nope, I don't want to, ew, ew, look at the bad people. No. That's what we need to be. We need to be the bad people. We need to be the really angry people that are like, you do not get to do this. You do not get to do this. You do not get to take this away. Right. Dang. Get mad because sometimes it works, you guys. It does. And I mean, it does. And we've seen it work uh, in vaping too with the rally, the first rally. I mean, granted, we had to have the rally because Trump announced a flavor ban. So we rallied and then he backed off a little bit. Mm -hmm. That was the most democracy in action I've ever seen firsthand in my life. It's the first democracy in action like I've really ever been a part of. But you go there to the rally and there were thousands of people there and we got, you know, news coverage and the first rally was a real big deal and it affected actual change. It did. Yep. There is power in numbers. Let me see some of these super chats that popped in. Uh, yep. Chase. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nick with the Canada. That's right. Chasing clouds and flavor reviews. Uh, I'm starting a small, <laughs> I'm starting a private mail service provider company. Anyone need a job delivering only vape mail? Look, that's not the weirdest idea that's existed. I mean, it would take more money than I've ever seen in my life and like the infrastructure of it, but delivery, vape delivery. I mean, cannabis did it for a long time, right? Yeah, cannabis did it for a long time. Cannabis still does it in California, you know? Yeah, got ease. Deliver it. I agree. DoorDash for I'd love to, I mean, even someone, uh, I think it was Logan X Hales brought up the idea of doing like weed maps, but for vaping, like, and you can, you could order through the app and it would go to like a store and then the store could deliver it to you. And they still card you and everything. Like you still have to, yeah. you know, it, yep. it's brick and mortar esque. They just come to you. They just come to you. 
Christopher, very gracious of you. The problem with shipping U.S. to Canada is after June this year, all vape gear, including coils, tanks, and mods, must be childproof or it can be seized at the border. Ah. That is the... the okay, like, cool. That's a stupid... That's a stupid-ass law. Childproof... Okay, so I need to make an RTA childproof. I need to make a product that is so complicated that adults can barely build it. I need to make that childproof so that in the event that a kid can wind round wire around a drill bit and install coils, he won't be able to put liquid in it because the top is childproof. Sorry. Well, my question is: It the packaging that has to be childproof, it's like it tanks. is the cannabis, like the new, or the actual unit, the actual product, like this new Crown Five tank, childproof on top, has a childproof cap. New has to be childproof. Oh, how do you make a mod childproof? How do you make an RDA childproof? You make an RDA childproof by releasing an RDA, and no child would ever attempt to put fused Claptons in it. I mean, like, that's ridiculous. Really hard. It's hard for it's like me. like make cars childproof. Oh, okay. How about we just make cars and they're already childproof? Like RDAs are already childproof. RTAs, How come cigarettes aren't childproof? RTAs are childproof. Drippers are childproof. Maybe not pods. How do you make pods childproof? It's ridiculous. These are ridiculous. Ridiculous. Sorry, I need a vape. Okay. Uh, Kara, I missed the first part of the live stream. When does this go into law? It was signed... Shortly before Christmas, shortly after Christmas, 27th, I think it was 23rd or the 27th, right Something around Christmas. Like and that's not by accident, too. That They do that on purpose. Yeah. Uh, it goes into effect in 90 days. The ATF part where it gets rolled into the PACT Act goes into law in 90 days. And the va official U.S. vape mail ban goes into law in 120 days. If you give me a second, I have exact dates. It's in the CASA updated call to action. They put details. Yes. So... Um, 90 days for the Jenkins Act equals March 27th, 2021, and 120 days for the USPS stuff equals April 26th, 2021. Yeah. Oh, fun. My birthday month. So Yay. end of March, end of April is when this stuff is going to be official Law. In, in effect. Yeah. Law, baby. Chris, uh, we need to start our own country with blackjack and beer and vapes. Thanks for keeping us informed. Try my best, Chris. I appreciate you being here, willing to be informed. That's a huge step. And yeah, we just need to start our own country with blackjack, beer, and vapes. Does anyone have a spare island? Does anybody have a spare island you're not using? And we could kind of set up camp, set up shop, call it uh, whatever, Vice Island. I think that'd be cool. We need some like, yeah, we need some structural engineers. We need yeah. some like, you know, waste management people. Not even that. Um, we just, it's, we go to, back to like tribal living. Like I'll just build a hut. I don't want to poop in a hole I'll though. I'll poop in a hole. I'll build a hut. If I can look, if I can be on a deserted island with beer and blackjack and weed and vapes, like I'm cool with that. I'll poop in a hole. Can we have internet though? Can we at least have internet? <sighs> it's going to be tough. You can have Twitter. <laughs> That's it. Just Twitter. Just Twitter. Just Twitter. No other well, internet. No streaming, no Netflix. No Netflix. No Hulu, just Twitter. Ugh, we're pooping in a hole. No Netflix. And you only can follow Twitter. Stanton Glance. So that's, I mean, that sucks too. I am not. I actually going don't want to go to this island, island anymore. No. No. I, I ruined it already with my rules the and PR regulations. Is very bad. Unbelievable. Mike Williams, I'm so tired of, pol of a police state we are living in. Yeah. 
Uh, I have to hope enough people will get pissed off that things will change. Doubt it, though. I don't doubt it. Things have been building for a while, man. 2020 really brought things to a head and really exposed a lot of what our government is doing. And not not shockingly, a lot of the U.S. citizens don't really agree with what the government's doing, like on both sides of it. And that's good. That can, that's only a good thing. It's true. It's only a good thing. Uh, Gabe Claus, how you doing, Gabe? I have an island, but it's made of ice and it's melting. Well, that's your uh, fault, isn't it? You're driving around that Ford Expedition, polluting the environment, Gabe. You can melt your own island. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some news. Let's do a few more newsy things. What are we doing on time? Oh, yeah. no, we're not bad on time. I still got time to read that article, too. So uh, there were some doctors. Shit. I just closed the tab. Look in our doc. It's there at the bottom. I know. I had to go find it. There are some doctors in Australia shifting a little bit to international news. I don't know if there's anybody from Australia here. Um, But there are some doctors in Australia that are uh, pretty upset with the new law in Australia where you have to get a prescription for nicotine. They have... So the story with Australia, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Right from the beginning, Australia was anti-vaping. All vaping was illegal. To this day, it's still illegal. So people would import it. And as soon as Australia got whiff that all these people were importing it, well, then now we have uh, you know youth vaping. Uh, they cited Evoli from the United States. They cited uh, nicotine poisonings reaching record levels, even though... When you look at your you know, own lung injuries, a lot like the United States, when you look at the actual data, there's no huge spike in poisonings from nicotine that just simply does not exist, you know. And so they Greg Hunt was going to close close this importing loophole. That's where we're at. Vapors and doctors and MPs and everybody got loud enough that now it's you can't you still can't import it you still will get fined up to $20,000 i think if you import nicotine into australia but you can get nicotine through a prescription and in australia that's the only way to get nicotine and there are only a handful of doctors in australia that are licensed to give nicotine prescriptions to people so imagine being an australian smoker and you discover a vaping bogan video and you're like, that looks good. I could quit smoking. I'm going to go buy that Cali Burn G. You try to import nicotine. You get fined $20,000 just to try to quit smoking. Sorry. You want to get nicotine? You have to go to a doctor, make an appointment, and then get a prescription for nicotine and then mix your own e-liquid. If you can find said doctor and they'll even write it. Yeah, if you can find said doctor to write you a prescription for nicotine in Australia. That's insane to me. Well, there's a lot of doctors in Australia that are not really super excited about this. Um, I spoke personally to Colin Mendelson. He was on the show and we were talking about this and how annoyed he is with it. Him, He himself being a doctor in Australia that has the, you know, the power to write nicotine prescriptions. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to link down in the description. This is something you're going to have to listen to. It's about eight minutes long. I listened to the whole thing a few times and it is great. It's just an interview with this doctor. But there is, uh, do I have a headline for this? Damn it, I don't. 
I really thought yes. I did. Doctors criticize new laws designed to make it harder for vapors to access liquid nicotine. Yep. Doctors criticize. Just a quick little blurb, and you're going to listen to the whole thing. Uh, it says, come next October, it's going to be harder for vapors to continue with their habit. That's an interesting say, way of saying it's going to make smokers, it's going to be harder for smokers to quit. To quit. Right? It's going to be harder for vapors to continue with their habit. At least they didn't call it an addiction. That's the only silver lining I yeah, can see there. They, yeah, exactly. Uh, with the Therapeutic Goods Administration banning the importation of liquid nicotine without a doctor's prescription. Um, so as far as I can understand, the Therapeutic Goods Administration is a department of their like public health. It's like an FDA type of, uh, of, of governing body in Australia. It's part of their uh, Department of Public Health type of thing. Now it's illegal to sell liquid nicotine across Australia, so smokers have been forced to import it themselves. The TGA has now closed that loophole, meaning all vapors will need a doctor's prescription to import and access liquid nicotine. And the doctors are not uh, excited about it. The one girl that got interviewed here, Dr. Gillian Deacon, who is MD doctor in Australia. She's one of the few doctors that can do nicotine prescriptions. She thinks that this is the worst idea on the face of the planet. She is really in tune with like my patients that are smokers. We've switched them to vaping. It works. All this legislation is going to do is keep people smoking. It makes it too difficult to get uh, you know, uh, vape liquid. She, she and the doctors around her are all very against this legislation, which should tell you something. If the government is trying to legislate something for health and then there's large groups of doctors going, that's not going to help, right? <laughs> nope. That's not going to help. I'm a doctor. I deal with smokers. I'm an addiction expert. I deal with smokers. This is not going to help. And the government just plows through anyway. That's the most 2021 shit ever now. The also, I feel like these doctors that do have the ability to do this, you guys, okay, somebody call Australia, get them on the phone and be like, create an app so that you can have a tele-appointment. Oh, yeah. Or, and a tele, they did this for weed. Do you remember? Back when it was medical No, only, I don't. There were apps where you could talk to, I mean, they. I'm going to, doctor. they were doctors who, and you could do it on an app, and they would write you a prescription and call it wow. in, and it was all from your phone. They should do that in Australia. They really I mean, should. that doesn't solve the problem, and it's still screwed up, but also they should definitely do that. It makes it to help people. Like, I hate I hate that we even have to do that. I hate that that's even right, like an right. option on the table, man. Right, right. It should like, not, we shouldn't have to, it and not. it's dumb. The government should not be limiting access to vapor products while leaving combustible tobacco on the shelves. I don't There's know. There's literally no excuse. It's only There's vapors no that are upset about this too. There's nobody else. Non-vapors, non-smokers, they don't they don't get it. They don't understand it. They don't understand. It's like it's the devil we know, you know? It's right. like, well, we right. know smoking and we know that it's bad and we know how to control it and we know to put it in convenience stores and we know to put it behind the shelves and we know that it's bad, but you know, we've got it under control and it's the devil we know. Whereas vaping, oh, it's this scary, scary, scary vaping. And you don't know. It uses a battery. What's happening? Inhaling a concoction of chemicals and nicotine and you don't know and it's brain poison. Brad's the devil we know. Candy cloud of lies. Cloud, yeah, Brad and his cloud of lies. And so this doctor, 
really very much against this. This comes from ABC. I think it's an ABC affiliate in Australia, but I'll have a link down in the description. It's literally like listening to a little interview and the interview lady really tries to play devil's advocate with this doctor. She keeps bringing up things like, oh, well, what about, uh, you know, the, the flavors attract youth uh, into smoking cigarettes? And the doctor, it sounds like she said this a thousand times. She just hard stops. She's like, nope. That's not what's happening. That's not what the data says. That's not what the science says. It's this, that, and the other. These are addicted smokers that are transitioning away from combustion. It's only an off-ramp. It's not an on-ramp. Cigarette, you know, this doctor was uh, kind of my hero of the day listening to her talk to this interview person who was clearly, you know, just being what an interview person does, like devil's advocate, like, oh, poke the bear. What, what can I get a reaction out of you? What if I say crazy outlandish things about vaping? How will you respond? It's really great. It's a really satisfying listen. It's about eight minutes long. Highly, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. And I'll put a link in the chat if I'd stop closing it, you know. Well, eventually. Also, we'll there's there. a guy in chat, um, G-A-V, Gav. Gav? Not Gave. Gav. Gav Bray says, a video call is how I got my prescription here in Australia with Dr. Colin Mendelssohn. Oh. So you guys make an app. I'm not saying, you know, that, but it's a workaround for the time being. Yes. Make an app. You got Australia, make an app. Make an app. It's okay, Neferon. You can be late. So, uh, yeah, don't remember where we were. Australia, crazy. Yep. What's going on in Australia? Australian vapors. I mean, you're you're no stranger to this. You guys have been dealing with this, and it's uh, prescription only. And you know, if you can make enough noise, from what I've seen in Australia, I mean, Greg Hunt backed off real quickly there at the beginning of the year when suddenly, you know, tens of thousands of vapors in Australia all started being more vocal and radicalizing, he backed way off, backed way off. Didn't back off enough, kind of like Trump, but he did back right. way off. There is power in numbers, you guys. There is powers in numbers. Um, it's true. So I wanna, I'm going to wrap this stream up by reading the, my favorite thing of the year so far. Yay, Reason Foundation. Um, before we get to that, I am going to throw a few things down in the description that I have been putting down in the description for a while. I'm talking about the Veritas cohort study, still going on. Talking about You Don't Know Nicotine, still a great movie. Talking about the Canadian Vaping Association, get involved with them if you're in Canada. I'm talking about THR101.org, which is a fantastic website. And I'm talking about the EU Nicotine User Survey. That's Those are the usual suspects. And I'm going to throw one more down in there that is, nope, <laughs> nope, it's gone. It's gone. Unbelievable. This is what happens when you have too many tabs. Oh, no, no, this one. Okay. I knew this was one. I'm adding another one down there. Uh, this is for, okay, never mind. Shit. What is it? It expired. It. So the oh. EU, the European Commission was... This is for reevaluating oh, the, the TPD, and they were looking for feedback. And this is through Public the official europeancommission.europe.au website, um, where they're asking for feedback about taxing uh, e-liquids in Europe, uh, flavors in Europe. 
they talk about 26% of adults are vaping now, and this is part of the EU's beating cancer plan, but I, it expired like literally right now. What time is it in Brussels? In Brussels, Belgium, it's 1.26 Okay, a.m. yeah, that, see, that's a bummer. This expired uh, at midnight tonight. <laughs> Just Brussels right time. under the wire, damn it. Okay, so I apologize, but I will have all those usual, what I call usual suspects of links down in the description, things that I consider to be uh, critical, good reads, or and or calls to action type of thing. So now, I know there was a couple more super chats that popped in. I apologize. Uh, yeah, no, my, oh, no, Gabe, okay, I got everybody. Whew. Good thing Gabe Claus was last. So I guess the last thing we're going to really talk about tonight, and look, I appreciate you guys being here, coming out, hanging out, getting, uh, you know, getting educated, getting informed. We kind of all got to be in this together. We kind of all have, need to have a unified voice. And if that's something that you want to be a bigger part of, we do this every Tuesday and you can, you can come get informed every single Tuesday. And we need as many people on the vape army as we possibly can get. So with that said, what I'm going to do is, uh, oh, I completely skipped Massachusetts. Oh, the poll. I completely skipped it. Second to last thing. <laughs> Second to last thing, you guys. There was a, uh, an article uh, put out there that was, should Massachusetts lift its ban on flavored tobacco products? This is in the Boston Globe. There is mm -hmm. a pro argument and then there is a con argument. The pro argument comes from this guy, Jonathan, who runs the New England Convenience Store Association or something like that. And the pro argument, it's nothing we haven't heard before. It's uh, fiscal impact, it's tobacco tax impact, it's, you know, uh, these products are far less harmful, this is budgetary, this is, you know, we're strained already by COVID, why would we ban flavors and put all of these other people out of, out of work and close their shops and all of this stuff? And then the no argument, the no argument being that yes, no, the no argument being no, it should not lift its ban on flavored e-cigarettes, comes from Melissa Stacy who is the manager for the American Cancer Society's Cancer Action Network, which if we watched uh, You Don't Know Nicotine, we learned all about that loveliness. They say it's a grassroots organization, um, but I mean, it's the American Cancer Society. They, they're a billion-dollar organization. <laughs> yeah, grassroots my ass. Grassroots Danielle's ass. Billions of dollars billions of dollars and all she does is go through the talking points tobacco industry makes efforts to appeal to kids they, they target kids through flavored tobacco products uh, and then they switch from talking about you know cancer causing tobacco products or non-cancer causing tobacco products to cancer causing tobacco products she goes on to say 16 60 percent of the cancer deaths in massachusetts were due to cancers associated with tobacco use well sure that might be true but none of those were associated with clean nicotine vaporizing use i guarantee you yep. melissa stacy it's zero the number you're looking for is zero the mm -hmm. impact on these communities targeted by the tobacco industry cannot be ignored. It's got to be someone else's fault. 
It's got to be someone else's fault. The availability of tobacco products with menthol, mint, and other flavorings is a powerful enticement for young people to start smoking. She said that despite the United States having the lowest youth smoking rates in recorded history. (laughs) Also, as a youth, I did not start with menthol products. I eventually moved to them as I got older, but I didn't start with them. I started with whatever, whatever was available. Whatever was Camel there. lights. Whatever was there. I remember there was one band trip, and I think about this band trip constantly whenever I think about these dumb kids and their dumb jewel habits where, you know, we drove to uh, Southern California from Lake Tahoe. It's like an eight-hour bus trip. It's a band thing. We're performing at Magic Mountain. You know, we're all staying Ooh. at a hotel, and we're all like, you know, 15 years old. So, you know, bus full of 15-year-old band kids all in a hotel. Well, someone snuck a pack of cigarettes and yeah they did we all went outside and smoked cigarettes like like it was just the normal thing to do we just all wanted to get buzzed there was one girl i won't say her name you know to keep her innocent (laughs) but she was the first one to smoke a cigarette and she was the first one to just oh my god i'm so buzzed and everybody just started smoking Everybody just Uh started smoking. And it wasn't because we were addicted. It wasn't because we were dependent on nicotine. It wasn't because we loved combustion. It was literally just to get high. It was literally just to get that buzz, you know? And she said that with a straight face in spite of having the lowest youth smoking rates in the history of recorded American time. Keeping these products off of the shelves here in Massachusetts will go a long way to reducing tobacco use. It won't. And I don't know how she can say that with a straight face because we've seen in San Francisco where they've banned flavored vaping products, two things happened. Everybody was still able to get flavored vaping products. No big deal. It's called the black market and crossing state lines. And two, smoking rates went up and cigarette sales went up. And I don't know how Melissa from the grassroots organization of the American Cancer Society isn't isn't aware of this is it she is aware of it and she's just ignoring it is it just pure ignorance is it she's just towing the company line because it's the cancer action network from the american cancer society and they don't care about stopping cancer anymore in smokers i don't know what it is it's this combination it's this ugly combination of like buzzwords and just whatever american cancer society is feeding you and like the normal talking points about predatory tactics and flavors appealing to youth and turning them into smokers, despite the evidence not showing any of that. I don't know what it is. And this just stuck in my cross so intensely. And because I got so mad at Melissa Stacy, I voted in this and everybody should vote in this. I'm going to put this link in the chat. Ooh, can I do it from here? Yeah, I can. I'll put that link in the chat. I'm going to have that link in the description. Just click it and go vote. You just vote yes or no. Vote. Vote Vote yes. yes. Vote yes. Vote yes. That they should reverse the flavor they tobacco They should van. reverse the flavor van. Go vote yes. As it stands right now, it's sitting at 78% for yes, 20% for no. And I think that's good. And again, this isn't going to like affect any change this isn't going to change the law or change legislation this is just so the boston globe knows that 60 percent, 78 percent of its readers want this flavor ban overturned and that's important it's like doing the the open comment period 
It might not completely affect any real change, but it's still critical. It's still important to have that data. It's still a record of what most people wanted. Yes. You know what I mean? That record is is a record. Cigarettes kill people and the FDA approves. Look, the FDA has done nothing to, you know, nothing for tobacco other than very low nicotine cigarettes, which they're, they, they're doing a new study. Danielle, did you hear about this? Um, this was included in the omnibus budget bill. So it got funded this study where FDA is going to give underage kids cigarettes. <laughs> I heard about this. It's yeah. Good. It's good. I'm glad they're doing this. I'm a little confused on the ethics of that because typically that would, yeah. in all of my Parental. research, I was always under the impression that you literally can't do that yeah. unless they're like already smokers because that's like highly unethical. I don't understand how that's working and I don't understand. Who knows? Who knows? The FDA is going to give cigarettes to kids and very low nicotine cigarettes to kids. It's all very fascinating. Well, uh, 78. All right. Keep, let's keep it going, dire thing. Let's get that up. Let's get that up to 100%. Yeah, Kevin Yum. Kevin, holy crap. Kevin Yum, they can't come to terms with the fact that vaping has done more than they have to reduce smoking. This 100% this is accurate. It. That's the golden yep. that's the golden goose yep. right there. Yep. Something that was completely out of their control that was completely consumer driven did mm-hmm. a better job in 9 years than all of tobacco control has done for the last 30 years. In their lifetime. Yeah. yeah. 30, 40 years, 50 years vaping has done more and I think that is not only that but the fact that those that have switched it, it was easy mm-hmm. and it was enjoyable. That's yep, the really, like that's the part I think that is the biggest part. It's not, oh, yeah. it has to do with the fact that vaping has done more than they have done to reduce smoking. But it's also yep. the fact that we're not as smokers being punished for smoking. We're not suffering. Right? Yeah. We're, we're not, not suffering. suffering for our decisions. We actually have a way to continue mm-hmm. our habit and not be punished for it. And I think that's the part, like the fact that we enjoy it and that it's so easy, that really Mm -hmm. sticks in their craw because I really do believe that they think smokers should be punished for their decisions. Mm -hmm. If you get cancer, if you get lung cancer, hey, that was your choice. You decided to start smoking. You deserved it, yeah. That's your punishment. You deserved it. Well, what about Nick Green over here who smoked for 13 years and then switched to vaping and then I quit combustion and now I enjoy this? Nope. They hate it. They hate it so much. They oh, hate they it the worst. They want you to quit. They just want you to quit their way. Yeah, that's those puritanical roots, right? Puritanical roots. Unbelievable. I, there's, yeah, that, that upsets me to no end. The, oh, yes. uh, the high and mighty, puritanical, abstinence-only, prohibition. Quit or die. Hogwash. Quit or die. Hogwash hogwash. I don't know why anybody ever thought that would be an effective method for getting smokers to quit is to shame them. Exactly. And then you're proven wrong, right? Vaping comes along and like, look, this actually works better. It does better. All the things. And the, and the answer over here, these crazy zealots are like, no, that cannot. No, No, that doesn't. My way 
is still right. In my world. Yep, exactly. Even though it's not working, but I've been doing it for 30 years, so fuck you. Yeah. No. That's basically my impersonation. That is. Well, and that's a hard look. I mean, and, and I know that. I understand that's not an easy thing to do. If you've dedicated 30 years of your life to tobacco control, and then suddenly vaping comes in and does your job better than you in a few years, I understand that, like, resentment a little bit. But... The idea that someone could let that resentment go so far as to start costing other human lives, yeah. that's crazy to me. I can't, can't imagine anybody having that big of an ego. Person, what? Then. You, you can't call yourself a public health no, advocate no. if you let your ego no. get in the way of saving people's lives. Yeah. Your job is to save lives. Mm-hmm. It's not the way that it's done shouldn't matter. The yes. end goal is to save the lives. And if you are too caught up in how it happens yes. and not that it happens, I'm sorry, it. but fuck you. Testify. Yes. Your goal should be public health no matter how that happens. If it's not your way, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <sighs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So let's wrap this up. Uh, I don't want to want to run too long, but I have a great, I have a great article uh, here today from the Reason Foundation. Ran across this on Twitter actually via Danielle Jones. I didn't know you started following the Reason Foundation, but the Reason Foundation spectacular. I just I never assumed that like a far left person like yourself would be. I'm a crazy <laughs> Antifa. Leftist. Would be would be interested in the Reason Foundation. I'm Socialism. just giving Socialism. Socialism. Okay. No, you I'm just kidding. No. She's not far left. We, I just like to give her a hard time. Um, this is spectacular. Uh, this is from Reason Magazine, and the big headline on it says: Experts question study claiming e-cigarettes are a COVID-19 risk factor. This is spectacular, and this. Even in that Massachusetts lady with the two first names from the Cancer Action Network. Mm. Stacy Melissa or whatever. Stacy Melissa. Melissa Stacy, I think. <laughs> even Melissa Stacy brought up in her argument that vaping and e-cigarettes put you at a greater risk of COVID-19. This is how one tiny little nugget of misinformation... You know, it's like a little ember and they're just trying to keep the, trying to keep this ember burning. It's like, nope, Mm -hmm. this shows that vaping and e-cigarettes put you at higher risk of COVID-19. Would anybody want it? How many other studies are there showing that it doesn't? Hundreds? It doesn't matter. I got one. Who wants to run with it? I'm trying to keep it alive. You ready? Light Raja. California on fire yeah. with it. Krishnamurthy, you want this? You want some legislation? Careful. It's fragile. It's going to go out. Pour gasoline you gotta on it. got to blow on it. You got to, yeah, throw some gasoline on this. It's one little burning ember. And it got all the way to Stacy Michelle Stacy over there in Massachusetts, who is saying that they should continue this flavor ban because of this study that shows that e-cigarettes are a risk factor for COVID-19. But is it? No, no, it's not. We talked about this. Actually, we talked about this a I little did. bit when uh, Michelle Mitten, I had Michelle Mitten on the, the Tuesday Bro Tuesday back in the day. This is only like two months ago. And we talked about this exact study. We're going to hear some of the same names like Bonnie, Bonnie Flesher. 
Oh, oh, Bonnie Flesher. I can't wait until you are made to be foolish. In its January 21, 2021 issue, the Journal of Adolescent Health tempered the conclusions of its most cited study from 2020, which originally claimed e-cigarettes and cigarettes are significant underlying risk factors for COVID-19. After receiving numerous letters critical of the study's methods, the authors finally conceded our study does not imply causality. Whoa, too little, too late, too little, too late, too little, too late, because as we're about to read, Representative Raja Krishnamurthy, he just took this and went off to the races and just introduced legislation. The release of the original port report by Gaia, is that how you say this? I don't know the answer to that. Gaia. We'll, we'll just go with it. At all. At all. At all. So, Gaia, etc. At all. Mm -hmm. Gaia. I'm just going to say Gaia. The release of the original report by Gaia co co coincided, coincided with a letter by Raja Krishnamurthy, Representative Raja Krishnamurthy, who used the study's results to justify demanding that the FDA clear the market of e-cigarettes temporarily for the duration of the coronavirus. Yeah. Based on... He did it on the same day based, that I they know, released on it. on the same day that happened. Mm -hmm. Krishnamurthy's call received extensive media coverage. Similarly, Bonnie Halpern Flesher, one of the study's co-authors and editor of the Journal of Adolescent Health, was quoted in stories about the study in the New York Times, where she repeated the assertion. The New York Times wrote... A recent survey of more than 4,000 people aged 13 to 24 found that vaping was strongly linked to catching the coronavirus. But Bonnie Halpern Flesher, a pediatrics researcher at Stanford University and author of the study, said that there was probably more than biology at play. Way to be super vague, Bonnie. But while it was being used by members of Congress and cited in the media, the study also raised eyebrows among researchers familiar with the evidence related to the effects of vaping. The number of experts, a number of experts responded swiftly to the study's abnormal findings that lacked a credible causal theory. What raised many questions at first was the fact that the fractions in the study's descriptive statistics were not possible given the sample sizes. Seems like a roadblock, right? Definitely Fuzzy not. math, guys. A sure sign of a mathematical error. In response, JAH published four letters, all touching on different limitations of the study, that argued the errors rendered the study useless for policy suggestions. That doesn't stop Raja Krishnamurthy. In one of the letters, Professor Constantinos Farsalinos, who we're pretty familiar with, and Ray uh -huh. Noria criticized the inconsistent results, commenting, it's not biologically plausible that e-cigarette that e trial or experimentation would cause effects that result in stronger predisposition to COVID-19 than current slash regular use. You remember this? This was the big thing with this Stanford study. They, they were convinced. I mean, the conclusion that they came to was that dual users had a higher risk of contracting COVID-19 higher than if you just smoked or you just vaped. Right. 
It, w- it made no sense. It, made, it was like, oh, if you vape, you're five times more likely no to get sense. coronavirus. It, no. Super questionable math. And we've talked about statistics into the ground on this program. And I love that they use the term, uh, what are they, descriptive statistics. It's like that's just once more removed from actual data. You know, <laughs> descriptive statistics. You want the data? No, no. You're going you're gonna to settle for my descriptive statistics. Their letter then discussed how extrapolating Gaia's descriptive statistics to the entire, entire population during the study period would mean both young adults and teens represented, one, the major majority, the majority of people who were tested for COVID-19, and two, about half of the total positive COVID-19 cases, which were both far lower according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Similarly, professors Brad Rudu and name that I cannot pronounce. I'm going Nantaporn <laughs> Plurpenswat. This is a crazy. I don't even want to try to do this. That was my attempt. It's 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 definitely not a porn. Is this guy's name not a porn? Nanta. Nanta porn. Nanta porn? Is this it? Pluraplanswat. Oh, no, this is not it. That's just the vaping. Nanta, Nanta porn. Brad Rodu and Nanta porn pointed out their own letter how the study's deceptive statistics for total positive cases among ever users of e cigarettes only ever dual users of both cigarettes and e-cigarettes and past 30-day dual users meant that there were only five, three, and five total positive COVID-19 cases in each group sample, respectively, out of about 2,184 total respondents who reported that they ever tried e-cigarettes. What? Five, so that's 13 out of 2,000? Mm-hmm. That's the numbers? That's the actual numbers. 13 people out of over 2,000. And then they made the conclusion that vaping, you're at a higher risk for COVID-19. 13 out of over 2,000. Typically, results from such a small case count are not considered useful for the scientific community. Now, this goes on for just a little bit more, but now I have to introduce the writer, uh, James Rich, because he, he's part of this. He, he wrote a letter. He and someone else. Uh, wrote, Roberto Sussman. Yeah, Roberto Sussman also wrote a letter. And he says, meanwhile, Dr. Roberto Sussman and I found the most egregious limitation of the study. Uh, was their failure to control for the percentage of the population in the e-cigarette user and non-user group samples that were tested for COVID-19 in the first place? This is where it gets interesting. According to the study's descriptive statistics, I'll never get tired of that, e-cigarette users were over three times as likely to be tested for COVID-19 as non-users. Ha! We suspected that this was the main reason e-cigarette users tested positive for COVID-19 at over three times the rate of non-users. Our letter published by JAH described a statistical conditional probability identity What? Proving that the authors would produce biased results if they did not control for testing, which they did not control for testing. Plainly said, 
You cannot test positive for COVID-19 if you were not tested in the first place. You cannot test positive for COVID-19 if you were not tested in the first place. Although Dr. Halpern Flesher and six other authors, which did not include either of the two original study authors, gave detailed justifications for why Gaia findings are still useful despite criticism from these letters. They did not respond substantively to the letter that I wrote with Sussman. In fact, the response letter gave two examples of studies that controlled for testing, hinting that Dr. Halpern Flesher concedes that her study's methods may depart from what is standard in the epidemiological literature. There's too many big words in here. Let's wrap this up. Epidemiological. 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 Yep. Epidemiological. Epidemiological. Can you use it in a sentence? Like (laughs) epidemiology. Can you use it in, can you spell it? Okay. As justification for their methods, the response simply states our suggestion is akin to sampling on the outcome that could produce biased results. We find the suggestions from Rich and Sussman to be interesting future research ideas. Oh, is it interesting to control for unbiased results? Right. Do you find that interesting, Imagine do you? Imagine doing a study where you have to control so that it doesn't come out with completely biased results. Interesting. And these are, I mean, and this is the problem with like, I don't know, I don't want to open this can of worms, but this is like the problem, you know, going back to you don't know nicotine, this is the problem with like, career scientists they fall into this trap that scientists are not supposed to fall into scientists are supposed to desire being proven wrong because that means that now they know the truth if i my whole life looked at the sky and i said that the sky is purple and i thought that my whole life and then someone says no actually the sky is blue you didn't know As a scientist, I should go, well, thank you. Now I have all of the correct information. And now, because of the scientific method, I know that this information is the correct information. And my way of thinking in the past might have been wrong. Not necessarily wrong, but maybe even thinking with just outdated data points, outdated data They get stuck in this, no, I'm right type of thing. And that's not helping anybody. No. This says, technically, if e-cigarettes disproportionately caused COVID-19 symptoms, and this led young e-cigarette users to get tested proportionately more often, Gaia could make a case for not controlling for testing. But since about half of positive COVID-19 tests came from people who were asymptomatic and the vast majority of people who are tested don't have symptoms, this justification does not work for their study. In fact, after stating that the results could not be used to imply causality, the authors postulated that removing a mask to vape or smoke could potentially increase exposure to the virus. We argue that the study's correlation is more likely due to e-cigarette users being tested for COVID-19 more often than non-users in their specific sample. So after all of that, after 
hearing in the mainstream media that vaping and cigarettes, you know, put you at a higher risk of COVID-19. And even after Raja Krishnamurthy introduces this legislation to remove all vapor products based on this bad data, the final conclusion, the only truthful statement that they can make, and it's not even a truthful statement, it's just postulation, is they that, can't use this at all. Yeah. Is that maybe removing your mask to smoke could potentially increase your exposure to the virus? Removing your mask to smoke <laughs> or vape means we should ban vaping but not smoking because just smokers didn't have a, you know, it wasn't as high as if you included vaping. You know, vaping had to be included in there. That's why they said dual users were the biggest, you know, dual users. I would go even further than that and say this study cannot be used at all for anything yeah, because it was anonymous online survey. Nothing. There's no records of these positive test results. No. There's no proof that anyone no. got tested. There's no proof that they vape. This was an anonymous, anonymous. online survey. Yeah. And... Representative Raja Krishnamurthy wanted to turn this anonymous, small-scale, online survey result into vape prohibition. Yep. Wow. That's like, I mean, that's like, that's politics in motion. I mean, he clearly had an agenda, had the science to back it up, introduced his legislation the day after the survey is done. I mean, come on. That feels masterfully crafted. Orchestrated, yeah. Masterfully orchestrated. And now when you get down to it, nothing. It's based on nothing. They came to no conclusions. There's nope. nothing. This study is just empty air and garbage and nothing. And now no. when you constant now I constantly see people, you know, once you once you read this and you realize, oh, okay, this whole study, like we knew the Stanford study from the beginning months ago when we talked to Michelle yeah. Mitten that this study, I mean, people call this study bogus, just straight yeah, up it is. bogus study. That is an inaccurate descriptor yeah. for this study. Straight up bogus. And now I'm thinking, God, now we have to do a deep dive into everything I read. Vaping has caused me to have to do a deep dive into literally everything I read. I don't trust anybody <laughs> i mean i don't trust anybody i don't trust anybody and i don't i especially don't trust the mainstream media and one of the things and here's where we'll end this i'll end this with a rant i appreciate you guys coming out addy tooney appreciate you being here uh alexa uh, alexia thank you very much i appreciate you being here too are you guys coming out to li just listen but the, the, this there's this misinformation you know, when you control the narrative, that's the real power. Real power comes in controlling the narrative and controlling what you see and hear and the news you get. And, you know, you don't get, you don't get data. You get targeted messaging. You get uh, illustrative statistics. You get the baby dumbed down sort of version of what could be close to the truth. And there's this big trend right now I see on the internet of like, it's, I feel like it's like this Stockholm syndrome thing where we're now suddenly like 
everybody's praising the mainstream media while at the same time disparaging independent uh, broadcasts and independent news and independent journalists because they're not the mainstream media. You know, there's this whole argument with Karens and it's like, oh, well, why don't you wear a mask, Karen? And it's like, well, I, I watched a YouTube video. And so they're trying to like discredit people on YouTube when really fact check me, fact check all of this. Fact check everything Everything. I say. Please do. Please fact check everything I say. Be as, you know, discerning with your media, uh, with the mainstream media as you are with independent media. And I don't think, I think it's really unfair for just this, this sort of blanket statement of, oh, I saw it on YouTube. Oh, I learned that on YouTube. And people instantly start associating that with, oh, well, you're wrong then. If you didn't get it from the New York Times... You're right. wrong. If you didn't get it from CNN, you're wrong. And that's not, I mean, the truth is everywhere. And yeah. everybody's, I hate to, it's like, it sounds like a broken record saying everybody's lying to you, but everybody's lying. <laughs> I mean, and sometimes they don't even know they're lying. Right. right? They're just not smart enough to know, you know what I mean? Like the people that are reporting on these study results, they're not being like, oh, well, can I look through your methodology? Yeah. Like, and see how you came to, like, the reporters aren't doing that. No. Like, I wish they would. I do. I, f- I wish that they would, like, divide up the New York Times into departments, mm-hmm. right? And so they've got this statistical medical results department. And when a new study comes out, these guys deep dive into it. Subject and then, matter I experts. I wish that they would do that, but they don't. The reality is an expert walks up and says, I have a study that says, meh. And then they go, oh, they have a study that says, meh. And then they say it. And then they trust. And then that's yeah. it. The problem is... Some conspiracy theories are real. Yes. That's the problem. Yeah. That, that's, this is where we're getting into, right? Because, like, we sound crazy because we're telling about the CDC, for example, being pretty corrupt, honestly. Um, Hyper corrupt. quite some time. And now, all of a sudden, people are starting to kind of see that a little bit with everything that's happened, mm-hmm. you know. Not that they're a horrible organization, but that they have an agenda and that they can be bought And that they can be manipulated. Like, that's what you need to understand. It doesn't mean that you, like, completely don't listen to anything they say ever. But you need to understand their agenda and where some of these things are coming from. And the fact that enough conspiracy theories are real, that muddies the waters on everything. Because then it's like, well, everything the news says is true? No, everything the news says is false. Everything YouTube says is true? No, everything Everything YouTube YouTube says says is false. Yeah, Like, it's it's a mixture, you guys. It's not easy to do this. It's not supposed to be easy. You have to do your own research. Yeah. Sorry. Rant in your rant. You have to do... Yes, I agree. Build on it. You have to do your own research. You have to look into things for yourself. It's come to the point in my life where every news article headline that I see, I just go, that's probably wrong. That's probably either wrong or being misrepresented in some weird way. And they like to use weird terminology. Like uh, in that Massachusetts article, instead of saying this law will keep smokers smoking, it says, oh, this law will make it harder for vapors to continue their habit. Like, well, that's a real weird way of saying keep smokers smoking. It's like when Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids tweets out a one in four middle school kids are using e-cigarettes and you go, well, that's a really weird way of saying 80% of the youths are not using e-cigarettes. They use the scariest sounding terminology. They make it confusing on purpose. So even when you 
see this news or read this article, you think you have an idea, but really there was so many weasel words and like studies show type of things and percentages of percentages of percentages that you think you got information when really you got weasel words. You got useless information that doesn't help you in any capacity. I mean, even just think back to January, like January, February, March, the very beginning of COVID, my COVID experience went like this. I was in Amsterdam and I heard that there was COVID-19. I said, oh, okay. And then I flew home. And as soon as I got home, and this is in February, within one day, I heard about COVID-19 and all of the hospitals are full. And then I heard that it was a hoax. And then I heard that, oh, no, 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 the numbers are all inflated. There's not that many people. And then I heard, no, 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 they're, they're not inflated. There are that many people. It is that serious. And then I heard it was a hoax again. Just in the first like three days, we couldn't get one single straight answer from anybody. Everybody had a different opinion. Everybody wanted to be right. And that's the problem is everybody wanted to be right. No, I'm, I'm right. No, Fauci's wrong. No, Fauci's like, I'm right. You're wrong then where am I getting my information from? If the I can't truth get it, is usually some combination in the middle. Yeah. Like it's, that's the reality. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It drives me insane. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be just ranty as all hell here, but uh, you know, it's the first TBN back. You know they love it, it's okay. Just I just get, end up getting ranty. It. It, it, it drives me insane because sometimes you're getting the truth and sometimes you're getting watered down truth and sometimes you're getting lies presented as the truth and sometimes you're getting watered down lies presented as half truths and they say things you know i I appreciate that scientists and you know like the cochran library are, are very like modest about you know i can scream vaping will help you quit smoking and it, it will, it will a hundred percent. It'll help you quit smoking. But the scientists go, the scientists say things like there's a good possibility right. that switching will, you know, you try to be reasonable about it, yeah. but the yeah. other side, the ants, they don't play, they don't play that reasonable game. They no. pick the biggest and scariest sounding words like epidemic brain worms, brain worms, brain poison. They don't, they don't play by the fair rules. And so it just becomes this escalation game. And then, and then nobody wins because we're so far from the truth now that we've escalated it up to here that when you finally get back down to the truth, it doesn't seem nearly as compelling as the way that you've made it sound by escalating it, you know? Sorry. That's it. That's the end. I'm done ranting. I think I covered most everything that I wanted to. I didn't really, there is a bill that's being introduced called the OSTA Act. I wholeheartedly support this. I want everybody to vote for the OSTA Act. This is a new legislation that regulates Congress and OSTA stands for one subject at a time, which means if Congress wants to pass a bill, it has to be one bill that is one subject and is one topic and everybody has to read it and vote on one thing at a time. No more omnibus budget bills with 15 different writers. No more offshore oil drilling slash vape ban in Florida. One subject at a time. 
I don't think it's going to pass, but I think it's a noble effort to attempt to get Congress to focus on one thing at a time. OSTA Act, O-S-T-A. Did you find it? There's a call to action on this webpage, but it just 404s on me, and that bums me out. It's also called, according to what Congress.gov, HR three nine five. HR, yep, HR three ninety five. The one subject at a time act. It's pretty short. This bill requires number one, each bill or joint resolution to embrace no more than one subject, and number two, the subject to be clearly and descriptively expressed in the measure's title. Seems completely reasonable. Seems completely reasonable. If you're a member of Congress and it's your job to read legislation and pass laws, and I feel like this is completely reasonable. Would that have prevented the omnibus spending Frankenstein bill? Yeah. Would that have stopped that? Frankenstein's monster bill? (laughs) It's literally Frankenstein's monster. There's something about horses in there. Did you know that? There's something about like racehorses or something in that bill. Racehorses? Yeah, I swear there was something in there about horses. It was I, weird. I there was a lot of stuff that. in that bill. There is a mountain like of stuff in 6, that 6,000 pages. Uh, dire thing in the chat. Example, hospitals are full as they are approaching 100% of ideal capacity, but at the same time, most hospitals were more than full at the same time last year and under emergency can go well over 100%. Yes, I agree with you. I don't think... Here's the thing. we're not. We, we don't get the straight story on anything. So... When I'm reading about COVID or full hospitals, you have to look at it skeptically. I didn't at the beginning of the year, but I sure as shit do now. And I'm okay admitting that I've changed my outlook and changed my my point of view and how I look at these things and taking things like with a certain grain of salt. If you know, if I didn't live in a neighborhood where every once in a while we run a we we pass a, another girl who lives in our neighborhood who's a doctor who works at the hospital, if I didn't hear firsthand from her that yeah we have we don't have enough ventilators for all of these people with with quarant- you know with COVID, if I didn't hear it directly from a doctor, and even then I'm still a little bit skeptical, you know, still a little bit skeptical. Anyway. Yeah, maybe they can can sneak this bill into another bill. (laughs) I think you can also, though, too, there's a there's a shortcut way too. if you feel like you can't find the truth, like you're just not 100 percent sure. Like, let's take masks as an example. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, okay, there's science that says that there's science that says that masks do nothing. And there's science that says that you should totally wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're not 100 percent sure. Like this study looks legit, but this one also looks legit. And like Fauci said this, but now he's saying this, like, which is the right one? I don't know. Okay. Think about it like this. What are the downsides? Okay. If they're right and masks help prevent coronavirus and you wear it, you're safe. If you don't wear it, you're not safe. Mm. Now, if they're wrong and masks don't help at all, yeah. what are the downsides? You wear it. I don't know. You look silly. Yeah. I had to you wear, don't a wear cloth it over my, ma- over my face. You didn't have biggest, to that's do it. That's the biggest I was put out. Right. You can also think critically about the potential consequences. Even if masks don't work and you wear one, there's not a whole lot of, I mean, you might get some pimples, you know, if you don't wash your mask enough, like that, that's the thing you need to masks wash your mask. Literally nothing. I wear a mask all the time. It's literally like, right. Like what are the downsides to being wrong? That's another way that you can think about this, yeah. right? Well, so think the, about uh, it in terms of vaping. 
if they're wrong and this is saving people, then they're killing people. That's a big downside that you should probably take seriously. You know what I mean? Think about the downsides to each argument being wrong, and you can also make a judgment that way. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, and that's the, uh, you know, that's the classic, that's like Pascal's wager, right? That is, um, well, what do you have to lose? You know, just believe in God. And if there is a God, then you get to go to heaven. And then if there isn't, then what was the worst thing you were put out? What, that you believed in God? Like that's the Pascal's wager. It's like, what do you have to lose? The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to go to hell. And the best thing that's going to happen is you're going to go to heaven. It's like this, 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 what are the downsides? What's the biggest downside? And make your decision on that. The most I've been put out is uh, I've had to wear fabric over my face sometimes. And that's it. That's literally it. It's literally it. It's no big deal. You just do it. <laughs> you just do it. So just think critically about these things. Yeah, you think guys. Critically. Even if you can't, if you can't sort it out, worst case scenario, go to that. Yeah. What are the and worst the possible thing. outcomes? I follow my own mask rules. I don't follow anybody's mask rules. When I go out on a walk in my neighborhood, I do not wear a mask. I'm outside. I'm not around people. If someone's walking at me on the sidewalk, I, I go to the other side of the street and we wave to each other because social distancing. And if I'm in my neighborhood, I don't wear a mask. Uh, If I go to the grocery store, you just put a mask on your car. You spend 15 minutes in the grocery store. Then, then you take your mask off and that's my mask rule. I look at masks and I said this at the very beginning of quarantine, very beginning of COVID we're running long because I'm ranting. I said this at the very beginning of of COVID. I said, I don't know if masks help, but common sense tells me that I cover my mouth when I sneeze and I cover my mouth when I cough. So sure, I don't want to breathe on your face. So I'm going to put a mask on so you don't get my gross breath in your face that could or could not have you know, COVID particles included in it. There's a region, reason why surgeons wear masks. There's a reason why uh, if you travel to anywhere else in the world, people need to get out of the United States. If you travel anywhere else in the world, sick people wear masks. Everywhere I've been in the world, if you're sick or you have a cold, you wear a mask everywhere you go until you're not sick anymore. I used to just think it was weird Chinese ladies at the store wearing masks that they were like germaphobes. No, they're sick and they're trying to prevent the spread of their gross fucking germs all over the place. And that's why sick people wear a mask in the rest of the world. You're not going to suffocate from wearing a mask. You're not going to get CO2 in your, I mean, from a mask. Come on. Surgeons, no. you know, surgeons do 18 hour surgeries wearing masks, right? Yep. Repeatedly, like not just once asthma. a year. <laughs> I wear one. I mean, yeah, it's a little annoying sometimes. It is slightly sure, restrictive. It is. Sure. It's not, there is a thing in front of your, you know, of mouth hole. Annoying. Like, sure. Wearing a seatbelt is annoying. Wearing a helmet is annoying. I don't want to wear a helmet when I ride my bike. I look it like a 43-year-old dork but... riding my dad bike around the neighborhood with my big helmet. But I'm protected. It's harm reduction. That reduces the harm from my head hitting the pavement. Welcome to harm reduction. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Oh, I've been, This is ridiculous. I want to see if there's any more super chats that came in. Gabe Claus was the last one. Appreciate you, Gabe Claus. I hope all the best for your igloo that's melting. Um, Thank you, guys. Yeah, hood up, mask on. Hi, I'm a ninja now. 
Ninja. Yeah. Plus, Guys, like, it's like Halloween every day. It's like Halloween every about? day. I have a gun on my hip and people keep their distance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having a gun on your hip. I like, see, here's the thing. I'm such a second, I like the second amendment and I'm such a second amendment guy. I personally really like seeing people open carry and I wish more people would open carry. I feel a thousand times safer Ser- in all seriousness. When I see a cop with a gun, I go, huh. But when I see a citizen with a gun, I go, that guy is A, into guns, two, has probably done the discipline and diligence of learning how to use your firearm, having the proper licensing for it so that you can open carry. I I personally feel way safer around uh, American U.S. citizens that are opening open carrying. Me personally, I'd rather have every open, I'd rather have, could you imagine how safe our country would be if everybody open carried? We would be the safe, sure no one I would start any shit. Logic. I don't know. Yep. If you assume know. that everybody you're talking to is also carrying a gun, you're going to be polite as fuck. Everybody would be. I mean, Westerns be, beg to differ. It would be, who begs to differ? Western movies. Oh, Western movies. But that was a different time, you know? Is it though? Because yeah, the way people act time. on Facebook, I'm not sure if it's a different yeah, time anymore. A different time. That was definitely a different time. I feel like that's a different time. Me personally, open carry. Carry it all. Open carry. It makes me feel I mean, safer. I'm fine with the Second Amendment. If you want to have a gun, do it. We're, we're getting way into the deep. I know. I'm going to well, start look, sounding like a Marxist. We're running now. long. This is basically the after party, right? This is the after party, guys. I support the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. I grew up with guns. My family owns guns. Uh, my husband and I have been talking about purchasing one at some point. I support it. Yeah. I don't know that I think that everyone armed to the teeth is like yes. would solve the problems. I'm not sure that I agree. It with would that if it would, and this is the only argument I make. It might not. You know, it might not. I would say that it would if there is. Imagine you turn twelve. And now you're going to firearm class and you learn before you even get near a gun, you learn everything. You learn how to put it together, take it apart, how to handle it, the safety, where to put your hands, how to fire it, how to handle it safely, how to store it safely, how to do everything safely. They teach you to respect that firearm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you grew up with that Mm -hmm. and everybody carried with that knowledge, Mm -hmm. utopia. We'd have the safest country in the world. I do Utopia. agree with all the education and the safety and all of that. I do. I do agree with the mm-hmm. education and the safety. I, think I don't know. Painful. I feel like I don't want every. I feel like, like just just be responsible and just be responsible and safe. Yeah. And usually, I mean, chances are when I see someone open carrying, I just assume that that guy did his homework and that he's knowledgeable and safe. Because he's I mean, open yeah. carrying. And With nine times out of ten, it's like regulation. Yeah. It's like you see the dudes open carrying and it's like polo shirt, you know, cargo shorts. It's just a dude. He's like, he's not going to rob anybody. He's not going to hold up the convenience store. He's here with his I have, kids. <laughs> I have know? a devil's advocate uh, argument for you though. Oh, go. Okay. So let's pretend, let's teleport ourselves into a world where everyone open carries. Yes. I love it. What do you think? Given the problems that we may currently face with police departments, 
how do you think that's going to affect police with the knowledge that everyone has a gun? Uh, uh, here's the thing. I think that has a potential. To I think it could. They're already on edge. I think. Yes. I think that. Uh, I don't know. I can't say I can't even postulate that. I can see it going one direction where uh, police would just become more hostile, like more, uh, more on edge, you know, than than they already appear. They already seem to be on real edge. Or I could see it working across the board. Doesn't matter if you're a cop or a citizen. You, If you assume that the person you're about to talk to or the person you're about to shove for cutting in line is also open carrying a weapon that you also have, like maybe we should all carry around swords. We could just duel. I think that, that it mean, would be a completely different situation. I feel better situation. about swords. I feel better because you can only reach what you can yeah, reach. Yeah, you can only reach so far. And there's no like yeah. drive-by sortings. Nope, there's not. No, and there's no really like, you got real close semi-automatic sorting. Yeah, semi-automatic swords. No yeah, sniper I mean, look, swords. Don't open carry uh, like a fully automatic rifle. Or maybe was, you should. Here's the thing. I am all over the place because I spent uh, a few months in 2019 really into like the ANCAP uh, ideology, this, this uh, anarch, anarcho-capitalist idea of like, it's really extreme libertarianism. It's like a, basically abolish the government, let us all have guns and we'll govern ourselves type of thing. Oh, And snap. so I kind of got really into that. And, you know, as, as a libertarian, a lot of it appealed to me. I'm like, yeah, free market. You want a tank? You can buy a tank. Yeah, this sounds great. And caps. And then, you know, I kind of get a little bit away from it. And you, I take some of the things from ANCAP with me. But really, I try to, you know, have my own ideology. But I got really into ANCAPs and they're really into guns. Like really crazy into guns. And I, and I, and I like it. I like that. Open carry is a bad idea, Joe. If you open carry, I know where your gun is. And you don't know whether I'm not I'm able to take it from you. Yeah, that's a good, I feel like that is a ballsy, ballsy uh, sort of argument to make. I, I, yeah, I mean, if you're the type of guy that you're, uh, you grab for people's guns, then you have to know that there's a good chance you get shot with that same gun. I just, I would say that's like a common sense thing. Like don't grab for people's guns. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, you've I have also no solutions got... for that. You know, you've got mentally ill people out in the world. Yeah, you've got yeah, that's true. people mentally that Ill should people. not, you know, have these things. And then you've got them out in the open where those people that's could. True. I, I mean, mean, you know, but I mean, yeah. And, then, and there, I mean, there is this mental, uh, the mental component of it as well. Look, I agree. I don't have all of this sorted out. And that's not in an effort to stigmatize mental platform. illness, you guys. I'm just saying I'm not talking about people who deal with depression or right, things sure, like that. Sure. But Sure. People who should not have access to weapons or firearms sure, due sure. to a mental illness. Yeah. I mean, that is something I think that we can all understand. Yeah. And it's not it's not to, you know, disparage or anything like that. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, see, this is I don't know. How do we start talking about guns? When are we talking about? Guns? I don't know. What has happened? Open carry. Second Amendment. Um, forgot what I was going to say. Guns, open carry, all that stuff. Yes. Anarchist people. Anarchist people, mental health. Yes. Drive-by sortings. 
Jousting. Oh, bring back jousting. See, that's how we settle disputes. Okay. If you want to joust, I might buy tickets. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Gun laws are for law-abiding legal gun owners. Criminals don't obey gun laws. It's like the black market doesn't card. Yeah, It's the same idea, you know? And, I mean, it's this... I don't know how we started talking about this, but this, like vaping, I think there's a lot of nuance to the subject. Yep. There really is. Uh, you know, as a non-gun owner, but big fan, and I want everybody to open carry, and I don't own a gun, I feel like, you know, I have a weird place in this argument, but I want, you know, I'm trying to understand it. I want to learn it. I like the idea of open carrying, and I think it should be legal in, in the states if you, in every state, if you want to, you should be able to. And, you know, whatever, go through the proper channels, whatever, background check. I'm assuming if you're a gun owner, you're a responsible gun owner. And and then, and then that's, it should be available. It should be an option. It shouldn't be something that people are scared of. Anyway. But wouldn't a true libertarian say it's up to the state to decide? No, a true people? libertarian would say that. See, this is why I'm a bad libertarian. I'm a bad <laughs> libertarian for a few reasons. And one of them is, uh, I look, I do, I do believe in states' rights. It, ultimately should be up to the states to decide stuff like that. Look, I agree with that aspect of it. But I'm a bad libertarian and that uh, should just be like a national thing. And I'm a bad libertarian in the sense that I don't, I, I like, I'm, a, I'm in favor of uh, health care, like Medicare for all type of thing. I don't think that getting sick should make you bankrupt in the richest country on, in the world. Um, but that's why, that's why I'm a bad libertarian. Anyway, Let's, we're going to wrap this up. I appreciate you guys being here and hanging out and listening to us rant for a little bit about, I know Cope, you started it. I'm yes. putting this up here. So we all remember that Cope started it. I'm going to make you big or her Cope 57. You started all this, but anyway, you guys, um, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, really appreciate it. This is what Tuesday bro Tuesday is. You know, we've been doing this for a while. It's just to, to, to get educated, to get informed, to be armed with the information to go out into the world and affect change. I think that's the, that's the mission statement of Tuesday bro Newsday, And that's all I'm ever trying to do. And that's what I'll do. Uh, and that's what I'll continue to do until vaping is safe, legal and accessible for all currently addicted adult smokers. That's just where I stand. And that's what we do over here. And I appreciate you guys coming out. Danielle Jones, Appreciate you. Thank you so much for being our far left fact checker. Enjoying the, enjoy the gun decision. Uh, maybe we'll have another topic next week after we're done ranting about vape stuff. We can talk about, uh, you know, some other big, heavy, big ticket item like immigration or. Uh, Let's but, talk about how Democrats own and like guns also just saying. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And, and that's one of those. That's another thing I don't like to do is broad generalizations of saying, uh, well, well, Republicans are this, that and the other or all Dem- Democrats. They're just a bunch of this, that and the other or oh, those libertarians. They just do this, that and the other. And it's like, no, you can't possibly do that. That's like saying all people that wear pants, you're all the same. Like you can't you can't possibly do that. That's one of my biggest things. Nope. Broad generalizations. Broad generalizations annoy me. But thank you guys for being here. We'll be back here next Tuesday. Same time, same channel. All the good things. We're here to talk about news. We're here to talk about advocacy. We're here to discredit the myth-making machine. And we're here to be jealous of my Fu Manchu, Joe. I know you are. This is it. This is my 2020 look. I'm so into this. My wife's request. She requested this. She's like, I really like it. So I said, okay. 
Um, we can all get along, Chunkmeister. I appreciate you being here. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I'll be here on Thursday, you guys. First big vlog of 2021. Got a lot of stuff planned. It's going to be real, real fun. But from all of us here at uh, Tuesday Bro Newsday. The um, whole crew. The whole crew. The whole staff. Don't forget the crew. The, all the interns. All the interns. Remember that no matter what anybody tells you, vaping is at least 95% less harmful for you than burning deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes. And that's not me talking, that's science talking. You can't argue with science. You can't argue with the data. You can try, but then I'll call you Stanton Glance. So remember that no matter what anybody tells you, vaping is way less harmful than smoking deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes. And no matter what's in your hand, you guys, let's keep on vaping. Be excellent to each other, everybody. Peace out. Okay, I think we're clear. <laughs>